What's up everybody? A very sinus infected Ines in this episode? That's right folks, by morning I sounded like an 80 year old man and by evening a 4 year old boy. If at any point during this episode you begin wondering if Squidward is a guest, I assure you it's just me drowning on my mucus. This episode features industrial designer Mariana Ariojas. We touched on writing a master thesis and how she would train me for an industrial design competition. That question where I asked designers how they would train me for a competition is one of my favorite questions because it forces them to really break down to the core fundamentals of how they do what they do. And Mariana knocked that question out of the park. This was an incredibly informative conversation, and I always take notes from these podcast episodes, but I have had to go back and add to my notes every time that I've re-listened to Mariana's answers. And with that said, I hope you enjoy. So when people ask you what you do for a living, what is normally your response? Um, so, uh, what, what do I do for a living? It's, it's always a funny question, right? Um, it's, uh, I say I'm an industrial designer and I immediately get a, um, a puzzled face, a puzzled look of what is that? Do you design machines? Do you, uh, <laughs> so people usually don't know what industrial design is. Um, the short answer would say that I just say I'm a product designer and it, kind of um, people are more aware of the term maybe or are more familiar with with the with the work um, but yeah industrial designer and I, I just go through the list of products furniture you know um, um, lighting or you know whatever whatever's on my mind at that moment uh, but if I had to go into depth of what it is um, then it's it's I I don't think it's an easy answer. I think it uh, industrial design just encompasses so many things um, overall that um, you're talking about um, designing products, services, and systems that um, you know that uh, to take into account taking into account the ergonomics and the the aesthetics and the functionality and the user and the end user to um, to make an improvement or. So it's it's um, taking into account the, the marketing, the, the the engineering of it. So it, it encompasses so many things that um, I think that sometimes um, that's that's the hardest question for me to answer usually. People, uh, could you please tell me the story of how you came to be an industrial designer? Um, yes. So I used to help um, my dad fix appliances growing up at home. Um, and I was always curious to know how they worked and why exactly. Um, and to know the ins and outs of the appliances. And one day I kind of just wondered, Oh, who makes them, you know, (laughs) and, um, who, who decides what goes where and what, but what button gets pushed. And, and I found out it was an industrial designer and I started reading about everything that they do. And, and it was a big, you know, from electronics to appliances, anything, product, furniture, lights to cars. And I thought it was, it sounded like the coolest job in the world. Um, so that's, um, I became a designer to, 
to make a difference and to do things that matter and made an impact. That's always what I, and that's still my goal as in my career. Where did you go to college? Um, for college, uh, I did my undergraduate in, uh, in Mexico City in the Universidad Iberoamericana. Um, and afterwards, um, I did my grad, uh, I went to graduate school um, for master's in industrial design at Pratt Institute. Who do you consider to be your mentor or mentors if you have more than one? Um, I think my first mentor uh, was my, at Pratt Institute, my professor, uh, Catherine Mueller-Russo, uh, my thesis advisor. So she helped me to see beyond the, beyond the form and the aesthetics of design and most importantly, how to focus my creative thinking and, and to apply it into um into theoretical conceptualization, so and and applying it into research, so which is a it's the hardest thing to do. Um, and she learned, she helped me find focus and what I wanted to, you know, pursue in a career. Um, and I would say that my current uh, mentor is my uh, creative director over at uh, Bread Design, um, this uh, studio that I work for, um, and I work very closely with him. And I think most importantly, I've found balance. And in a professional and a personal level, um, because you can't you can't be a great designer if you know the creativity and inspiration are not there. Yeah, I think we're 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 weird soulmates in a way of um, we have very a lot of things in common, but most importantly, you know, he's taught me the how to make a living out of design, which is the hardest thing. I guess making a living with design. Did you have to learn a lot of the business ends? Yeah, um, it, it is. It's funny because um, you know no one teaches you that in design school. Yes. Um, it's just you learn how to design. You don't learn how to how to uh, either run a studio and, and or you know a lot of people have to do design management or something to or in order or partner with someone who has a business who is business savvy, right? Um, so. Yeah, it, it's you're, you're learning as you go, and you're learning how to. Bradley, um, the creative director of Bread Design, Bradley Carney, he um, he always says that the hardest thing is to price design. How to uh, because how do you price something that it's intangible, right? You're not selling. Yes, you're selling a product or you're selling whatever it is that you're you're selling, but it's some. How do you price out creativity and the time invested and the. You know, so there there are ways of, of doing it, but um, it takes it takes a lot of time and, and, and experience, I think, in order to to get it right. What are the two or three things you typically find most helpful when you're stuck or feeling stagnated with designing or ideas? Uh-huh. So I would say that um, I would I go to places that inspire me. Um, like museums or read books, um, philosophy books or nonfiction or essays, things like that, that are completely unrelated to whatever it is I'm doing. And um, and sometimes it sparks a connection. It sparks something that, uh, you know, to look at things in a different way. That's that's when you get stuck is because you're, you're, you're stuck in looking something and you can't get past that perspective. And Finding a way around it is um, is the most important thing. Um, another thing that I would do um, it's brainstorm. Um, you know, using 
keywords to visualize uh, concept mapping. There is there's a very strong misconception when it comes to creativity and that it comes from thin air, you know, that yes. it's that, that, that Eureka it's, you know, it just happens. It's, it's not a miracle. It's not magic. It's, um, you have to find the time to be creative and usually with dedication, it's when the best ideas, uh, come to life. Usually the first 50 ones you have are really bad ones. So, uh, it's to find the time to be creative. It's not only, it doesn't happen anywhere. Yeah. You think that, um, it takes about like 50 times to get it right on average. How many, I guess, how many brainstorming ideas does it take you to really nail one down that you say, this one's going to work. This is going to be the one that will propel me forward. Well, it's, it's always hard to find the one, right? Um, so brainstorming or, um, or if you're, you know, if you're in a, if you're throwing ideas back and forth with someone or mapping or whatever it is you're, you're doing, it takes, um, I think it takes as, as long as you have the ideas thrown into, right? So for example, if let's say you're you're brainstorming on something and um, you're you're with a team or uh, with someone else and you come up with three ideas, right? Then it's going to take a very very long time. So um, it's I don't think it's about a time uh, a time thing, but once you have the first step is just to see what direction you want to follow and and use a criteria that you're wanting to. Uh, to use and once you have that nailed down um, always get as many as you know as many details as possible for uh, whatever project that you're involving that you're involved with um, and if you're getting um, if you have a, a direction of what of where you want to go then the ideas can be narrowed and zoned into that area it's very hard to say kind of free design something, you know, just design something, whatever it is that you want out of your, out of your imagination. And that is the hardest thing to do. Um, it's usually coming up with parameters that are very tight and that will guide that brainstorm or that will guide that, um, that ideation process into something very, very specific. And once you have that, if you, you know, you take the two, the three, the best ones, um, that you have a good feeling about or that best, best fit that criteria. And then you keep exploring from that. So it's, it's kind of like branching out, you're branching out at the, at the end. And then you pick the three ones that, you know, the three biggest sturdiest branches and you delve into that, um, and keep branching off of, um, there's never, uh, a, a, Oh, that's the one million dollar idea, and I'm going to use that. I'm going to refine it and and keep working on it. And um, sometimes um, I I had a great advice at um, one of my previous professors, and he said, uh, "Don't polish turd." <laughs> I like that a lot. 
Yeah, no, and it, it has kept with me so much um, um, through every, every every time that I'm working on something, I just think about what he said and don't polish turd. Oh my God. And it can be, you, you can get a good idea and you keep trying to make it fix and you keep trying to make it work into something and then you keep polishing and polishing and, and sometimes it's, um, yeah, it, you have to go another, another way. Um, backtracking a bit, you said that you typically look towards books, philosophical books and nonfiction books to help you when you're uh, feeling stagnated. Off the top of your head, are there maybe three books that you can name that you read specifically? Um, yes. So one is, I don't know how many I can name, but I can definitely name one. Um, Tractatus Logicus Philosophicus by Ludwig Wittgenstein. That's one. And it's something that it's, 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 it's a book, it's philosophy. So it doesn't, it has nothing related with design, but it's, that would be, um, that was a, that was a book that I used for, for my thesis. And it, you know, it, it, delves into language it delves into um there's a, there's a there's a thing that stuck with me that says um for an answer for an answer which that can't be expressed it can, a question can't be expressed so if you're how you're phrasing things and how you're asking the questions will develop into the answer that you're getting definitely uh, i kind of already touched on your creative process when we were talking about brainstorming and how you you kind of think of it as branching but mm -hmm. are there any other creative exercises that you use to stretch your um, creative abilities um yes um i would say um free writing is one of them um because it lets you um get everything out and then go back and then see, oh, that sounds terrible. Um, so free writing or describing that just going on and on about the project and how you're, you're, you know, it's how you're working it. That, that would be one, um, uh, mapping, um, mapping always helps. Um, um, cubing, um, it's, uh, cubing, you know, you're, you're taking into a, a uh, problem and into the, all the faces of a cube. So you describe it, you compare it, you associate it, you analyze it, you apply it, and you argue for and against it. Um, these are some of the um, techniques, or um, you can use, you know, your typical five uh, questions: who, what, when, where, why, how. I think the the um, in order to get um, just to get the, to get a different perspective and, and, and understand what it is that you're you're up against. Um, so yeah, I think those 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 will be the ones. When, whenever you're not even stuck, but as a just as a kickoff of of any 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 ideation that you're doing, you know you're you kind of have to fully understand what you're doing. Um, um, so that 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 is that's a good exercise. If you could give your 20-year-old self career advice, what would it be? <laughs> um, don't, um, I would say, um, go for it. You know, don't be afraid. Um, it'll, it'll all work out. There is, uh, um, you know, it's, I would say to take your, 
I would tell myself to take my passions seriously because that it is that's what you'll be end up doing in in your life. So take them seriously and and, develop, and invest time and patience in it. Definitely. Uh, even at a professional level, what mistakes do you often see in your field of design? Um, overkill. Overkill. Uh, overkill. Yes, I think, um, and and in, and in many ways, not only in the, in the design process, in, in the solutions that people come up with, and um, that's how you end up with a lot of gadgets out there. Designers try to solve too many problems with or try to open too many doors with a single key. And sometimes it creates more problems than solutions. Um, and trying to solve too many things at the same time, sometimes it defeats the purpose of what it is that you're doing. So it's definitely overkill, um, it, to, put it, to put it bluntly. What has been the greatest learning experience of your design career? Um, I would say that I'm still learning. Um, it's, I think, going back to um, to the beginning, it's how hard it can be to make a living of designing. Um, it's It takes time and education, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm still learning. I, I, I hope that I will still be learning um, and having experiences, um, you know, uh, even when I'm much, much older. And yeah, I think that I think that the, the moment or the day that I say, oh, I'm done with learning, I think that's the day that you either stop designing and stop living. Um, yeah. Yes. So I hope that never comes. Is there any is there any one particular project that you were asked to execute that you didn't feel was within your comfort zone or was kind of out of your out of your realm of what you were used to working on? I can't think of a particular project because it's, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. It's industrial design, so it encompasses a lot of things. But my biggest challenge so far has been um, uh, doing my master thesis. And I think the reason why... It took me it took me out of my comfort zone because I didn't know exactly what I was I what I was trying to get at. I, I knew I knew what I wanted to say. I didn't know how to say it. And finding that um, that connection and the thread between um, what I was doing, it's it was very it was it was very challenging to say why, you know, try to get to the bottom of it of, you know, what is that driving um, or main concept behind all of these ideas or uh, behind everything. So once that was figured out, everything else just came very, very easy. So yeah, my, 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 it, I mentioned this, the, this book of, um, by, by Wittgenstein, because it's, it's what, gave me direction for, for my thesis. Uh, my thesis was about um, how to design or develop a design language in order to design uh, objects or products um, based on human behavior. So just to, just to get that idea out was very hard to say. You know, I, I, I knew that 
things out there that were not being designed, they were not using, they were not using the user, um, considering the user to, to develop uh, design objects. They were, they were designed with, uh, function functionality in mind. Um, and I knew that I wanted to bring the human element and the human behavior, um, aspect of it. Um, so once I figured out that it was more of a design language and we were, how to, how to say things and not, um, yeah, how to say things. Then, um, once I got to that, to that, to that point, that's, I think that's what has pushed me, um, the hardest. Uh, this isn't the first time that I've heard someone speak on the difficulties of writing a master thesis. Would you happen to have any advice for any other creatives trying or currently struggling with their master thesis as well? Um, to take a step back, if if you're in it's because you're it, a thesis is a very long process and you're you're completely involved, you're completely you completely delve into a, into a subject and then you start getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And then it's very hard to see the problem if you don't take a step back. Um, and you can veer off course from what you originally wanted to do. And that's very, very, that's very common, um, that you end up doing something, um, that you're, you know, it's, it's that you're, you're like, what is this? This is not, this is completely different from what I started and, and what I want to do. And then there's a lot of frustration that happened because you don't, you're not reaching your goal. Um, so to take a step back, um, and see the, and see, uh, on, um, you know, get opinions, ask people, uh, you know, get as much feedback as possible on whatever it is that you're working, because it's, that'll, help you get clarity on, on whatever it is. It's, it's very common to get stuck doing it and, and, and the, and the writing part of it, you know, just patience, sit down and type it out, type it out or, uh, prototype, uh, uh do mock-ups, do, um, if people had to teach themselves about industrial design, are there any instructional books that you would recommend to them? I would say um, one of my favorite books is the Industrial Design Reader by Gorman. Um, but it's, it's it's a compilation of, of essays and of uh, of writings by most, yeah pretty much the um, most famous designers out there. Um, uh, and it goes from nineteen thirties or forties or whatever it is to to currently. Um, so. There is a broad uh, design. Now, once you read that, once you read the whole thing, you're like, "Oh, now I understand what industrial <laughs> design is." Um, and another book would be um, "The Evolution of Useful Things" by Petrosky, um, and it just very much shows what a product is, what an object is, and how they come to be. In, in a book that I find. Um, that that it's act, it was an actual it was a thesis. Um, it's called the Toaster Project, and it's it's a very short book, uh, but it illustrates. Um, it's a master thesis from the Royal College of Art, um, and he. Um, it's it's the Toaster Project is about 
you know, someone trying to do a toaster from scratch, but really from scratch, from getting the metals and the plastics and, and, and the circuits and everything. And, um, it, it illustrates what the process and what industrial design is from a, um, from a very unique perspective of, yeah, it's by, um, uh, Thomas Twaits. Yeah. Let's say that there's a competition where I would have to design a product in four weeks and you had to train me for that competition with a slew of money on the line, like let's say a million dollars. What would the training look like? Oof. Um, designing a product. Wow. Four weeks. Yes, for this competition. That's very short for a, for a, um, how would, how would the training would happen? Uh, I think break it down into, into weeks, probably into, uh, extensive, extensive design research, um, for the first space. Um, then, um, yeah, I think you could break it into four. Uh, first week doing design research, then second week doing um, ideation, concept development. Um, third week you are um, um, you know, applying prototyping, mock-ups, uh, mock trying user testing, uh, trying to to nail it down in. You then going into refining, and I think the last week I would um, probably do it on uh, refining, um, tweaking the details, the, which are the most important thing. Sometimes um, you can have a shorter time of testing because either it works or it doesn't. It, it, it either feels good or it doesn't. There is no uh, you, you don't need to spend a lot of time you know, seeing what works and what doesn't, um, it's, it's, it, it should tell you immediately what it is. Um, uh, but the training, uh, I don't think there's a training there's, um, yeah, more of how to tackle that tight timeline of four weeks because it's not a lot. Um, rapid prototyping, uh, using, maybe techniques that are, you know, 3d printing. If you're, if you're, if you're prototyping something, um, yeah, I think, I think that's how we would do it. And just completely focusing on, on, on that project for four weeks, maybe squeezing the most out of the 24 hours of a day. So there are prob probably a lot of sleepless nights, so you wouldn't get a lot of sleep. In this, in this field of design, which tools do you find you use most often to do what you do in a day or on a daily basis? Tools as in, um, uh, anything, I guess, software, um, anything. I, it can even go beyond. I think, um, it really, for me, it depends on what you're doing on what kind of project that you're working on. Um, if it's something within graphics or if it's something, a product, then the tools, um, I think that that's a common mistake. Always trying to use the same tool for everything. 
you know, it's when it comes to design, it's not a Swiss army knife. It's <laughs> you have to apply the, the tool for um, what best fits whatever project you're working on. So sometimes, yes, or whatever idea you're trying to convey, sometimes if it's, you know, it can be, I use a lot of sketching. Everything, you know, gets done first in paper. Um, but sometimes paper is too two dimensional. So you, if you're if you're sketching an idea and you can't really see it, you have to jump directly into uh, uh, even paper models like mockups <laughs> of you know building something out of whatever it is. It could be either Legos or paper or um, clay, whatever it is that you have at your hands that can you can best visualize it. So it's it depends on. How do you get your point across of 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 what it is that you're trying to do? It's um, yeah, I I personally um, first start with um, sketching, and it's usually in some uh, not a white piece of paper. It's very uh, scary to use a, a whole big <laughs> white piece of paper. So. Um, I would say get a get a notebook that is kind of that, that you know that that if you're writing something on it and you're like you don't like it then you can just tear the page out and throw it out. So uh, find something unintimidating to work with. Um, and um, I use sketching, and then if it's if it's not if it, that is not uh, it can go into creating some some sort of mock-up or something uh but sometimes you don't need that sometimes it can be jump into the digital um and there's a lot of things um digitally that you can like software from using you know any of the adobe photoshop or illustrator or you know whatever it is that you're using to kind of map it out and see it um and then usually the software, the the either you're using SolidWorks or Alias or Fusion 360 or whatever, what, what any of these uh, um, 3D modeling or rendering programs, um, if if you're focusing on refining shape, then yes, that's the the best uh, the tool you have to use. You know, you would you know go into um, one of these softwares. Uh, using alias or, or, or whatever in order to refine it. Uh, but you can also do that in clay. You know, it's, it's, um, I like to change back and forth. I like, I like to, um, I never have a go-to tool. Um, the only, the only thing that I could do is, um, uh, sketching, uh, putting it on a board, uh, mapping out everything, um, even using post-its or, um, using a whiteboard and just um, mapping things out and making you know see con the concept of or if you're if you're working on a concept or prioritizing what it is that you want to develop further uh, developing the core criteria or um, or something but yeah I think those uh, those tools it, it, it really depends on what, what, what on what it is I'm doing. Where on the internet can people keep up with you or the work that you do? 
Um, in internet, um, I will, people always can go to my website. Um, my, my personal portfolio is at, um, M arioja.com. So uh, that is M A R R I O J A.com. Um, and for the work that I'm doing, um, they can go to bread design, uh, bread as in the one you bake, uh, B R E A D design.com um and you can follow us and see what what kind of work that we're doing there um do you have uh instagram or twitter that you use uh yeah my my twitter and um i think they're the same one uh, twitter and instagram handles uh it's at uh c-u-c-a-a-r-r-i-o-j-a cucarioja um it's it's childhood nickname uh, and I still keep it around. Um, Kukurioja at Kukurioja for Instagram or or Twitter or yeah. And before I let you go, do you have any advice or parting words for the people listening? For designer in particular, um, try to fail as quickly as possible in whatever you're doing. You're doing um, because then that will help you move forward. So as in life, you know, just try to fail as, as many times as possible and as quickly. And, and that's how we learn and, and, and grow. Um, yeah. So don't, don't be afraid of failure. It's, it's part of the process. Hey everyone, this is Ines again. Before you take off, just a few things. Number one, if you're interested in checking out anything that was discussed during this episode, you can check out the show notes with all of that information by following the link in the description. Also, this is Design Dose, a short email where I share a quick behind the scenes of what I'm currently drooling over in the design world. It's just a fun piece of goodness for you to chew over before you get hit by the work week. It includes favorite design pieces I've discovered, interesting design articles, and other crazy magic that I've managed to stumble upon. Check it out. Just go to designbythehive.com and drop in your email to get the very next one. Until next time, thank you for listening.